Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that would totally use a face hugger as a COVID face mask. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Hey, hey man. Um, I'm good. How are you? Pretty um, good. You just got back from a wedding. Um, how was that in a COVID world? So it was, uh, it was very interesting. It was an outdoor ceremony and... Um, it, the reception took place in a barn that had, like, giant movable doors as, as walls, so it was essentially outdoors the whole time, if that makes sense. So that's kind of how they got away with having a wedding now. Was it over 50 people? You know, it probably was, like, right at the line. I'm honestly not sure. Like, I didn't take a head count, but it was a pretty small... Uh, ceremony and reception um i do know my friend who got married was like him and his wife were like dead set on getting married like i don't think they were (laughs) they were gonna change anything about like i don't think they're gonna move the date or anything regardless so yeah that happened (laughs) but uh because of that um i'm i feel a little behind on the news probably and um yeah i i didn't really watch or read or anything new but i do i did have a chance to do something pretty cool, so I wanted to mention, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't know if anything's going on with you that we have to discuss first. Uh, is business as usual with me, nothing new and exciting to tell. Um, so if you have something that you want, like, go ahead, tell me what's going on, man. All right, so... If, um, if you didn't watch anything, but you have a story, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, well, it's not super, it's not, like, totally a story, but... Uh, to go to this wedding, we did have to uh, drive through southern Illinois, which um, we ended up st- making a pit stop on the way home and going to uh, the Superman Museum in Metropolis, Illinois. So that was really awesome. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to go to Metropolis, but uh, it's really, really cool. Um, I I think I've been to Metropolis. <laughs> right. Like, but it would have been like years and years ago. I yeah, so it would have been such a long time ago because I saw a picture you guys posted at the Superman statue, and uh, <laughs> so I feel like I've been to that statue. So okay, so the Superman <clears throat> statue right now. So like in the town of Metropolis, Illinois, in the um, like the center of the town, they have this courtyard, and in the middle of the courtyard, there's this giant Superman statue that's like. I think it's at least 20 feet tall, and it's like a really cool tourist stop. Um, but what's funny is the uh, statue is currently wearing a mask <laughs> because of coronavirus. But I was just kind of like, well, Superman wouldn't have to wear a mask, <laughs> so this is really weird. Um, but just a hop, skip, and a jump away from that, there's a uh, museum that's just like this massive uh, Superman collection that um, 
is really awesome, and uh, I don't know too much to say about it because I've been there before, but it's just, it's like a great, if you're ever going through, like, the southern tip of Illinois, you, like, any of our listeners need to stop here if you're into Superman or DC Comics or just comic books in general, because it's just like, the museum is such an awesome experience because it's just such a huge collection of uh, Superman, not only memorabilia, but they have um, a lot of movie props. They have a lot of, like, original costumes, and this is stuff that goes back to the, like, old, like, uh, TV, black and white TV series, and then all the way through, like, Man of Steel and uh, Batman v Superman. Um, wow, okay. The museum only costs... The museum only had cost like five dollars to go into and uh i've been there i think this is my third time being there and uh one thing that's really cool is each time i've gone to it they've changed stuff around so they've either like rearranged things or this time they actually had like a second floor that the, it was closed off like the stairs but there was a sign saying they were working on like a second floor exhibit as well so it's just a ever-expanding, ever-changing collection, which is super, super cool. Um, and my favorite part, so this time going there, my favorite part was uh, there's this really interesting piece in the collection that is a, it's, it looks like it's made of paper mache and it's this massive uh, doomsday statue that somebody put together and donated to them, I'm assuming. But cool. yeah, in one of the rooms, it had to be like 15 feet tall-ish, like this giant papier-mâché doomsday statue. And that was probably my favorite part of the, uh, the exhibit because as far as I know, that's new and that was awesome. But um, yeah, it was just an awesome trip. And it's one of those things where the museum's great. They have this awesome shop, you know, that you can check out before and after looking through the museum. And they've got so much Superman and just in general, like DC and like superhero related merchandise in there. And uh, sure. it's really cool. So I just kind of wanted to mention that I got a chance to check that out, which is always awesome. So yeah, right on. Um, so you literally did, you basically got to go to Metropolis and check out the museum and stuff, but you've not watched anything. <laughs> yeah, not really. Okay. Um, I was going to give one more tip for if anybody goes to Metropolis, check out the uh, Chamber of Commerce. It's in the same little uh, courtyard that the museum and the statue is in, but they've got a lot of really cool uh, t-shirts and merchandise in the Chamber of Commerce for Metropolis as well. So, um, How about you? Did you get a chance to watch anything? Or um, Well, so I watched... Alright, so I watched two things. I watched Mortal Kombat... Uh, Scorpion's Revenge, um, which is the animated Mortal Kombat movie that recently came out. Oh, okay, okay cool. Do you remember seeing the trailer? You were really silent there when I said it. Do you remember seeing the trailer for that? I re- see, I don't know if I've seen the trailer. I remember hearing about this, like, a oh, long time ago. So if, I didn't know it was out, but that's awesome. So, uh, so here's what's interesting, and this is what I'm not sure about. So, um, when... DC's been doing their straight-to-DVD animated movies, and when they released, the last one that they released was uh, Apocalypse War. When that came out, there was a trailer for uh, Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge on the disc. Well, Warner Brothers owns Mortal Kombat, and they own and they own DC in terms of film rights, so yeah. I just assumed, but when you put that together, 
Mortal Kombat and DC have been working together heavily in the video game front, too. So there's, like, DC characters make appearances, and then they have the, like, you know what I mean? And they did a Mortal Kombat versus DC video game, too. Yeah. So I just assumed that everything was kind of under the, like, there's a little bit of cross-play in terms of the house, in terms of the houses, I guess you could say. Um, there is, uh, so when you watch this movie, if you've seen the DC animated films... The animation in this is very similar in style. Um, so it's almost like they took the DC animation division and said, hey, can you guys work on this Mortal Kombat thing? Um, and it's it's some really cool animation. And then they clearly paid attention to the video games in terms okay. of, like, there are some there are some kills during some of the battles where, like, they'll go into, like, the X-ray thing and you'll get to see the jaw break and, like, just <laughs> awesome. like the video games. So they, like, really, like, kind of paid attention to the source material when they were putting this together. That's great. What's really interesting about this is that it's almost as if they redid the original Mortal Kombat film, uh, okay. the, li the live-action one. So the storyline yeah. is almost identical to the original Mortal Kombat film, except they've added in the entire roster of characters, and okay. and they have and the and the story for Mortal Kombat is kind of like the B storyline where the A storyline is specifically Scorp Scorpion's origin. Yeah, that makes sense. I was going to say it, it would be like the same story, but told through Scorpion's perspective, I'm assuming. Um, so that's pretty No, cool. it's kind of like two stories right alongside each other, but they're interwoven oh, okay. into each other. So like you literally, you start with Scorpion's origin, and then once you see how he becomes Scorpion, then it's like the movie, the original live-action movie starts... And then it gets you to the point where they connect, and then it continues on. Um, okay. So, nice. but yeah, it's it's just really. I, I thought it was actually pretty decent, so I enjoyed watching. Nice. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. It's it's incredibly violent. It's incredibly gory. Um, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's great. Uh, and then the other thing I watched is, <clears throat> excuse me, quick uh, clear of the throat there. Um, Muppets Now has began on Disney Plus. I did, I did see that that started. Yes. Um, how is it so far? Um, well, the first episode, so this is, so let's do a quick history of the Muppets television show. The original Muppets show was a theater show, like it was, it was like a theater showcase, variety show that took place in a theater with audience, live audience members, and the show and the television show was focused on the behind the scenes. So you basically saw all the backstage stuff going on, and then you got to see some of the stage stuff. Then they made the Muppets on a ABC. They tried to recreate it and did it where Piggy was hosting a talk show, like a late night Jimmy Fallon kind of talk show. And they did the behind the scenes of that, which was kind of like the Muppets version of The Office. Um, I actually thought it was pretty good. It only lasted one season. Um, it's actually really funny. It's classic Muppet stuff, but it's and it, that's on it. That's on Disney Plus if you want to check it out. Um, okay. But this is called Muppets Now, and the idea is, is it's, well, it's Muppets Now. We live in a world of social media and the internet, and we live in a COVID world. So this is the Muppets trying to stay relevant and create content, and the first episode, and I don't know if the entire show will be like this, but the first episode is literally Scooter in a Zoom call with Kermit, and Kermit's letting them know that the, they're going to be sending him content to post to their site. Okay. <laughs> so, that's, that's so Scooter has these like 
one-on-ones with like a character and they're like yeah here's my video clip make sure you get that up there and then you get to see the video clip that gets posted <laughs> like, no that's that's great so it's, it's, it just sounds perfect like a perfect format for, right uh, just how things are now it right it is so like i said i don't know if it'll be like that every episode but the first episode it was basically um scooter trying to sift through all these videos and post them um <laughs> and they have uh kermit it seems like at the end of it kermit had a uh, like a standard late night talk show host kind of sit down with rupaul so that i was yeah. a guest and then uh tay diggs was a guest early on so it sounds like they're gonna have a lot of celebrities on this as well and then I don't know, I don't follow cooking shows, so I did not recognize the female cook, but she did a cooking segment with Swedish Chef, which was awesome. Uh, <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Good. Um, so, did they do any segments with Gonzo? Uh, yeah, they did. I, yes, they did. Um, um, we haven't seen a Fozzie Bear one yet, but it's, yeah, it was good. Can I ask what the Gonzo one was? Um... And you should really just watch it, because the Gonzo one was more of a dialogue piece anyway. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, and I have a feeling it's more of a... Scooter has to sift through all this stuff so he can post things, and they can only have so much an episode. <laughs> so, right. Um, so, you describing what the show is, like, the very first thought I had was Gonzo would have, like, his own, like, kind of, like, stunt YouTube videos that right. he'd be creating, where it would be almost like a, uh, you know, wannabe jackass sort of thing. I was like, that'd be, like, I can't remember what his uh, name was when he would be like a daredevil, you know, like an evil Knievel sort of character. Yeah, but and I, I was, sorry, go ahead, I totally see of, that coming, though, so. Oh, okay, that's awesome, because I was just like, yeah, if he did like a more like jackass sort of stunts, that's like a perfect continuation from that uh, evil Knievel character, so. Um, but yeah, that's, that sounds like a perfect, uh, you know, newer version of the Muppets. Yes. Um, it's, it's, it's a pretty sweet, uh, I, how about this? I'm looking forward to next week. The other thing is, is they said it's going to be every Friday. They did not say this is an eight episode series. They did not say it's a 10 episode series. They said every Friday. Now here's the deal. Are they going to go every single week, like a podcast like us? I think within the world of the Muppets, they totally could. Am I expect? Oh, yeah. Am I expecting that? No, they just said every Friday. Yeah, that makes sense. So I don't know. Take it for what it is. I can imagine it's going to be like eight to ten episodes, and then they'll break for a season. But I really think that. Uh, um, I really think that you're going to get. Uh, I really, I honestly would love for them to do a weekly, consistently. Here's like let's just keep going week after week and treat that treat that like a podcast because it's it's only thirty minutes so it's not like it's you know yeah I I, I think that'd be awesome <clears throat> too but I think you're right it's probably going to be a shorter season at least to start out off with but yeah the every Friday thing is just it's going to be posted on Fridays and uh, we'll see how long it lasts I guess <laughs> yeah yeah basically um. Well, anyway, that's all I got for watching. I kind of wanted to watch more, but because uh, I know like Umbrella Academy just started, but I haven't had a chance to watch it because when it dropped, I was like so exhausted, um, yeah. and I really want to see how season two goes. So, um, yeah, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair um, enough. <laughs> I, I'll probably maybe I'll have maybe I'll get a chance to uh, dive into Umbrella Academy a little bit. Um, uh, when, yeah, so I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, you want to? Discuss some news? Yeah, let's go for okay. it. Okay. 
So there's not a lot of news, but uh, some of these are kind of like eye-opener kind of things, and I thought they were kind of cool. Um, so first off, uh, Courtney Cox will be returning as Gail Weathers for Scream 5. Okay, this is great. Um, um, yes, you and I are both fans of Scream, so go. If, I don't, you sound like you had something to say. So. Oh, no, just, okay, so watching all the Scream movies, I think Scream 4 is my favorite one. And really? And I don't know if that's just because it's filmed the most like a, you know, it's, it's, it's filmed like, but also comments on, you know, newer horror movies, and it just seems like that much more exciting. And I was thinking recently, like, oh, man, I wish they made a Scream 5, because there's, I think if you look at, like, the horror movies that have been coming out for the last couple of years, we kind of are in, like, a really good spot for horror, where there's, like, a lot of cool things going on with, like, um, you know, big budget things like The Conjuring and It, but then also, like, the kind of more indie-based, like, folk horror stuff that's been going on a lot. Um, yeah. And I was like, man, it'd be awesome if they made a new Scream, and uh, they could, like, comment on this stuff so much, and uh, I'm more excited that there's going to be a Scream 5, and, like, like if they're going to do that, of course, Courtney Cox has to be part of it, but this is awesome. Like, I'm super pumped for Scream 5. I didn't even, I didn't even know it was going on. So I had heard rumors that they were going to do it, and I heard rumors that Nev Campbell will be returning. Um, and then I saw the thing that Courtney Cox definitely says she's coming back. Um, my thing with Scream is That's that great. I like how you, po- you point out that Scream 4 is a little bit was at the time focused on how the newer stuff was, which yeah. is which is great. I feel that if you look at the screams one at a time, they kind of excelled with the way horror has evolved um, in terms of each one focuses on a different type of thing. Um, and, they, and they're so brilliantly written and constructed in terms of what they are, but they're also shedding a commentary on the horror movie genre as a whole and poking fun at it where they can. Um, and that's one of the, to me, that's probably the biggest brilliance of, um, to me, that's probably one of the biggest brilliance of the show or the, not the show of the movies. And, um, it just makes me really excited to know that there's another one coming. So scream is, you know, every time I have a friend of mine who asked me what my favorite scary movie was recently. And I said scream and the response was really scream of all movies. And I'm like, no, you got to understand how brilliant that movie is. Um, yeah. And it's an issue of story structure. It's an issue of storytelling. It's an issue of the mystery. It's an issue of it's not necessarily a scary movie, but it kind of is. And it's it's just such a brilliantly crafted scary movie. So yeah, I absolutely agree. So um, I was just thinking too. Um, I know I've heard like there's this joke that every horror franchise, if it goes on long enough they take it to space. <laughs> you know, like, Leprechaun had a movie in space, and, like, Jason did. And yep. I, I just, I don't expect Scream to go to space, but I think it would be funny now that we're... But like, you do. <laughs> well, no, no, now that we're on the fifth Scream, I think it would be really funny if they just commented on that somehow. Like, by now, you'd think that we'd be in space or something, or, like, maybe the first scene would be, like, a dream sequence of, like you know, Nev Campbell's in space or something like that. And yeah. Wakes up and it's normal or something like that. And I love the opening of Scream 4 when they go through all the different stab films. Um, and they yeah. actually, actually in Scream 4, they make a comment about one of the stab films being done in space. Oh, do they? 
yes. I must have missed Yes, that. they do. Um, I don't remember, because that has a lot of the celebrity appearances, because they're like... Uh, um, like Anna Paquin and Kristen Bell. I just don't remember which one of the um, the celebrity appearances they talked about that. So. Oh, right on. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, that was, uh, well, I remember that, that's from the opening scene in Scream 4, which I think is just so amazing. Like that opening scene where I think it's like a, I can't remember if it's movies or dreams, but it's like a dream within a dream within a dream. <laughs> it it's it's a movie. Know? It's a movie opening within a movie opening within a movie opening. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And they're showing you all the different stab films that have happened since the original. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's move on. Okay. So Halo Infinite, the video game, is coming. I'm very excited about this. Um. This is. Um. <clears throat> so. Halo will be Halo has always been on Xbox and it has always and you and it's not a, and like in a world where we have Fortnite which is a free game but you have to pay for like your cosmetics like what your character looks like and stuff like that otherwise the game itself is free to play and you have uh, Call of Duty Warzone same thing there's in-game purchases but ultimately you um, the game is free to play Halo Infinite will have a single-player story mode, which you will pay for like any other video game, but the multiplayer they announced will be free-to-play. Um, that's cool. I uh, think that's the move nowadays. So I think that's... it is because a lot of games are now coming out unfinished, and they can make constant updates, and they can make constant, like, ever-changing, basically. Um, the quote from 343 Industries says, it will be free-to-play because as far as we're concerned, Halo is for everyone. So, um, yeah. yeah that's I'd... perfect. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out, so... Yeah, I was just going to say that's perfect, and, uh, you know, a lot of these kids who are, um, you know, like, younger kids who, who are, like, really into Fortnite and stuff, like, Halo's going to want, you know, them to get into their game, too, and not everybody has the money to spend on, or, you know, go out and spend 60 bucks on a game or however right. much it is now, so it's definitely a really good choice, and, um... Yeah, I mean, overall, I think it's going to be a lot more popular because of that. Not that Halo needed any help, but, you know. I know, I know, and I have a feeling, I have a feeling that Halo, once it, once the, once they're, what they're showing with Halo Infinite, once it comes out, once we see it, I have a feeling it's going to be kind of a killer for some stuff, um, which will be kind of cool because it sounds like this will be the last Halo ever, and that's probably why it's going to go free-to-play for multiplayer because it's going to be an ever-changing, constant thing that'll just constant updates, constant up, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, awesome. the way things, the way the video game, the multiplayer video games work now, I just have a feeling that's what's going to be the case, and that's why it's titled Halo Infinite because um, it's perfect. because Halo is forever. Um, all right. I got uh, quick DC news, and then we got some Disney stuff, and we can get onto the list. So, uh, first, um, <clears throat> Patty Jenkins, director of Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 84, has recently revealed that the third film in the trilogy will probably be her last. Uh, she says, I have to put everything I want to show there. Uh, we'll have to think carefully. Um, I'm going to... There's a lot to unpack here, um, meaning... They basically announced there's going to be a third Wonder Woman film in that quote. Yeah. <laughs> which we did not know. Uh, so apparently we're getting a third Wonder Woman film, which is awesome. Patty Jenkins will be directing, and it'll be her last of the movies. I wasn't expecting... I mean, if Gal Gadot continues playing Wonder Woman, it'll be crossover stuff. But um, I actually... I don't expect to go beyond three movies, solo movies, for the characters. That's just... 
you know, we don't, we're not seeing an Iron Man 4, we're not seeing a Captain America 4, we're not seeing, you know, um, we're getting well, a, I mean, we're getting a Thor 4 for sure, but you see my point? Like, yeah, cause it, it's just like pre-production filming, post-production, like, I feel like a lot of these movies take like at least like two years to complete everything and then it also, you have to think about like the amount of time spent like not working on like the next film, like in between, so like. It does make sense that after three movies, like three or four movies, a lot of these actors are like getting to the point where they're starting to like age out of uh, playing the characters or just want to move on to do other things. So it totally makes sense, but I'm pumped for Wonder Woman 3, but I'm also pumped for Wonder Woman 84. So I think it's awesome. It's great that Patty Jenkins is going to have her trilogy, and I don't blame her for wanting to move on after that, but. I, in my opinion, it's good news all around. <laughs> right. Yeah, same here. So we're getting a third Wonder Woman film, and I was like, awesome. You know, so cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, other piece of DC news. This is one to really unpack, okay? This is, not a, this is not necessarily a piece of news so much as it is a quote from an actor that made okay. me raise my eyebrows, okay? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this with a quick story. There is a rumor floating around the Internet right now that Ryan Reynolds... Is being is in final talks to play Carter Hall, uh, who is Hawkman. I mean, okay. I mean, okay. I'm down for Ryan Reynolds yeah. playing Hawkman. <laughs> that that sounds like a cool idea. Yeah. This is a tweet from Ryan Reynolds. Okay. So, yeah, this is a tweet directly from Ryan Reynolds, and then you see why I needed to unpack this. I am not playing Hawkman in Black Adam. Although, I generally do whatever the hell The Rock tells me to do. I would, however, love to be in Zack Snyder's Justice League movie. And I've heard I may already be in it, question mark, hashtag Snyder Cut. Wow. <laughs> um, is that Ryan Reynolds' way of saying that he's in the Snyder Cut? <laughs> um, we did have a Green Lantern wow. movie. We did have a Green Lantern movie that wasn't necessarily considered part of the DC stuff because it took place before they started the Snyderverse. Um, but, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's, it raises a question, is he playing Hawkman in this? In, is he Hawkman in the Snyder Cut, or is he Green Lantern in the I, Snyder Cut? I don't know. Yeah, that is, uh, that's absolutely crazy. Um, right, um, I honestly... Right, here's the thing. You can say what you want about that Green Lantern movie. I liked Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern, and I think the first, from the beginning of the movie to, like, about 75% to the end. So beginning, like, the first 75% of the movie, for me, is fantastic. Right. I, 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 I enjoy Green Lantern as well. Yeah, um, I do. I have, a, I have a little bit of issues with some stuff that happens at the end, but otherwise, I thought that movie was really good. Um, yeah. They, they really handled, they handled a very hard source material in a, in a really good way, and they did a nice, I think they did a nice job handling Oa and, like, the discussion of the Green Lanterns themselves and that kind of stuff, so. Yeah, and, a, like, a lot of things visually looked exactly how they should and stuff like that, um. Yeah, I enjoy that movie a lot. I think people are very harsh on it. I think um, it came out at a time when people were already starting to expect more from superhero movies than maybe they got from that one. So I think that kind of factors into it. But yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking about this tweet, though, because I'm trying to think, is Ryan Reynolds the type of guy who would say something like that and have it just mean nothing? Because I don't think he's the type who would just, like, be uh, kind of, like, BSing. Uh, I, don't think he is, I don't think he is either. The part when he says, I'd love to be in Zack Snyder's Justice League film makes me go, he's fishing for a role. Hey, Zack, we're friends, buddy. Throw me in the movie. Because actors do that stuff all the time. Apparently, I heard that Greg Grunberg, he's friends with J.J. Abrams, when he finds out Abrams is directing something, he's the, he's like, oh, Abrams is directing that? He calls him and says, what do you want me to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I've heard that actors do that, So, and you have, like, Daniel Craig uh, played a stormtrooper in Force Awakens, and it was literally, he basically called and said, hey, you got to get me in on this. So actors do that stuff all the time, so for him to say, I would love to be in the movie is great. But him to follow it up saying, I hear I already am, question mark. Do you, do yeah, you... that kind of wording also, like, makes me wonder if Ryan Reynolds is just, like, CGI'd in the back of, like, the uh, Dark Side War sequence. And, and uh... he could be, because when they, in the Whedon cut, in the Joss Whedon film, they show a Green Lantern fighting uh, the, um, Steppenwolf. Yeah. Um, there's two Green Lanterns in that sequence. One of them dies, and then the other one just hits him with, the, like, a green hammer. So Yeah. And, like, what it, like thinking of uh, Man of Steel, like, Zack Snyder put a lot of Easter eggs in there that, like, harken back to the Christopher Reeves movies and stuff like that. So it's possible that Ryan Reynolds is in there as an Easter egg, but well, if he's in there in, like, more of a capacity than that that is just like amazing well how about well how about this uh man of steel and uh batman vs superman carol ferris is in the movie true true. so uh, there's a chance that we could see hal jordan so we don't know um all right let's let's talk about some star wars stuff um first off um the original cut of revenge of the sith was four hours long Okay. <laughs> um, the opening battle and rescue of Palpatine originally was over an hour long. Some of the unused footage was uh, repurposed in the Revenge of the Sith video game. So basically, um, that opening sequence was going to be an hour long before you ever got to the Darth Vader stuff, like the, the fall of Anakin Skywalker. Um, I hate to say this, but that hit the internet, and my thought was, why is the internet not going crazy with the we want the George Lucas cut? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, of is, of all franchises, bad. of all franchises, why is that not being a thing? Like, <laughs> um, that yeah, is, that is absolutely because we've talked about the Revenge of the Sith and kind of all the uh, there's so much in that movie that goes over people's heads when they watch it, and there's like a lot of really interesting philosophical stuff that goes on and it just makes me wonder what more is there to that movie that wasn't included right and then just um one of the things in that movie that i always felt like they like i always wanted more of an explanation especially when i first saw it was kind of a little bit more about general grievous and like where he comes from and stuff like that because i kind of just felt like he came out of nowhere and i kind of it makes me wonder if there's a little bit more um, as far as that goes too. But I, yeah, it's, I um, will say this: if you want some more, if you want to get some General Grievous backstory, uh, watch the Clone Wars. <laughs> I'm sure. I have a feeling <laughs> you're gonna say that. Oh. Um, they actually, 
Uh, a couple things. First off, in the Gendy Tartaskowski uh, Clone Wars cartoon that they did for Cartoon Network, uh, they, like the trial one, the mini, the shorts, yeah. they cover some General Grievous origin. But then in the Clone Wars television show proper, um, they do an episode where you actually get to see a bit of a history of General Grievous and how he became General Grievous that you know in the film. Um, okay. So it's not a lot. It's very subtle, but if you watch the episode closely, you're going to go, oh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. General right. Grievous is basically the first Darth Vader, if you will, because um, he's cybernetic. So, um, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so here you go. This is an interesting one. Disney Plus hits five-year subscriber goal in just nine months. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> the, it means they. It means when they launched as a platform, within five years they had to have this many subscribers. They had to, so by the end, like in terms of like their turnaround for money, um, yeah. in terms of like their uh, revenue turnaround or whatever the case may be. Hey, we we spent this much money on doing this online streaming service, but by the end of the five years we should have this many subscribers based on our plans. In nine months they reached their five-year subscriber goal. Um, nice. While Disney's third quarter uh, fiscal report for 2020 revealed that Disney Plus's total subscriber stands at 57.5 million subscribers. Um, that's just awesome. That's all I wanted. It was literally a point out, like, dude, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. And speaking of Disney Plus, Mulan will be released on Disney Plus on September 4th. Yes, I, I heard about this. Okay. This is a bit of an experiment. Um, and this is, so the live action Mulan is basically skipping theaters altogether. They're releasing it on Disney plus. And this has me, this gives me hopes that we're going to see black widow on Disney plus, but here's the catch. Did you hear about this part? The catch about this? Uh, I'm pretty sure I heard the catch. Okay. The catch is to watch Mulan on Disney plus. It will cost $29.99. Yep. Okay. (laughs) So, I thought here's the here's the thing. On the downside of this is that Mulan's going to cost money to watch on a streaming service that I already pay for. But yes. but I already pay for Comcast and when COVID hit, they released Trolls uh, World Tour or whatever the second Trolls movie was as streaming on Comcast and the rental was $20. Yes. It was an experiment because people can't go to the theater, so they're just going to make a higher rental price, and you watch the movie. What's interesting about Trolls 2 being released that way is it made $100 million just from right. just from that streaming, people renting. And they were stuck at home. They had nothing to do. Like, what are we going to do with ourselves? So... The reason I bring that up is, like, this is an experiment for Disney+. Plus. They've never done anything like this before, but they saw what happened with Trolls, and they're like, well, we could earn back some of the money because, let's face it, Mulan was probably close to a $200 million movie. Let's, you know, let's try and earn some of that back. The cool part about it is, if you put, if you, if you, if you think about this in this format, if I go to the movie theater with my kid... It's just me and my kid. I'm paying for two movie tickets, probably some snacks at the concession stand. I'm probably spending $25 before tax just on me and my kid to go see Mulan at the theater. So, yeah. So, well, so for me to spend $30 on a rental 
for us to watch it at home, and I can have the you know, and I can have all the snacks I want here, and it doesn't matter. I'm not wasting gas. I'm, you know, it's basically. I honestly, I feel like it kind of doesn't matter. So, I, I did think about that, but at the same time, like, I don't know why, but to me, it still feels different when you're actually going to the movie theater. Oh, like, I completely, one hundred percent agree with that. It, it just feels more worth it. Where even though it's. I did think about that. I'm like, if you have a group of two or three people, you're probably going to be spending the same amount of money. But just the experience of going to the theater is like so much different than just sitting at home. And that was just kind of where I was at was like, I don't know that I want to pay $30 to just watch a movie on my couch, even though like I do understand that there is an equivalence in price. But for me, I was just kind of like, I don't know if that feels worth it just because it is just watching a movie. And, like, in a world where I can rent a movie for, like, less than two bucks at Redbox, and I've got all these other streaming services where I can access so many other films, it just, for me, like, I'm still on the fence about it. And I feel like I do understand that some of these movies are coming out and they're, like, $20, but I think it's just that $30 price mark is, uh, seems crazy to me. But... I mean, we'll see. Like, maybe maybe I'm wrong, and maybe this will take off, and Mulan will do really great. It will be interesting to find out, but... Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. I just think if it, if it pans out, we might get to see Black Widow that way. Um, so that'll be cool. Um, so how about this? Uh, I, every now and then I throw out a science story that catches my attention. This one did, and this is our last story of the night, and then we'll talk about the list. So, science okay. science story for the night. Researchers discover cancer in a dinosaur fossil. Um, researchers in Canada have just announced the identification of a malignant tumor in a dinosaur fossil, marking it the first time cancer has ever been detected in a prehistoric life form. Um, okay. So cancer is not new. <laughs> That's basically how I took that. I was like, wow, okay, I didn't see that. Co-. You know what I mean? Like, just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's, I guess that wasn't the kind of story I was expecting. But, yeah, that's very uh, interesting. Did they say what kind of dinosaur it was at all? Or? Um, they didn't. It just said they found it. So, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so I just I just thought it was really cool and um, and yeah. Uh, do you have anything to add to that? <laughs> I don't. I I honestly don't know. I think it's just uh, yeah, that's just really weird. I, I never would have even thought about that, but yeah, I guess cancer isn't new. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we only started hearing about cancer at some point, but think about just think about it this aspect: if dinosaurs had cancer, what if cancer is what killed the dinosaurs? Secondly, if cancer if if cancer existed then, how many other illnesses um, did cancer uh, how many other illnesses did people not realize it was cancer for so many thousands of years until now? Oh yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> I absolutely agree with everything you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It just it caught my attention, made me laugh a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, you want to talk about the list tonight? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. All right. It is list time. So, Ryan, roll the thing. And 
now for the top five. All right, Pete, here we are. Um, okay, so last week, we were last week we were talking about my list pick was Aliens. And I'm not talking Aliens in the sense of this one movie titled Aliens and we're talking about the creatures from that film. I'm talking about Aliens in a general sense across spectrum of science fiction. Um, Star Wars and Star Trek were excluded from my list because I didn't want to walk in here. And, like, because otherwise I would have had five Aliens on my list from Star Wars. And I didn't want to do. And I didn't want to do that. And if I took Star Wars out, then I'd be looking a lot of. Um, I'd be looking at a lot of uh, aliens from Star Trek too, because there's some decent ones in Star Trek. Even though there are a lot of humanoid, but there's decent ones. So I wanted to kind of usher those out of the uh, mix of things. Um, yeah, I thought it was, that was a great choice. Mostly because what, you and I had a little bit of a conversation. I focused more on the creature aspect. Uh, when I was putting yes. together my uh, list. And this is, and I'm not focusing on, and I didn't choose any movies. Like, hey, here's the movie. Um, I chose the creature that happens to be in a movie or a television show or something. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Okay. Um, that's kind of how I was focused on. And I, and I wasn't necessarily meaning it had to be creatures to scare you either. These are just aliens that we think are cool. Um, <laughs> like one movie, it didn't make my list because I didn't, I've only seen the movie once, but it was a really cool one is, did you ever see the movie Life? Um, oh, the Batman prequel. No, I didn't see that one. <laughs> um, you didn't see that one? No, no, I don't know if you heard what I said, but that's the one that, uh, before it came out, people were theorizing that it was a prequel to Venom, right? Um, that, I, it kind of looked that way. It was basically, like, <laughs> the creature itself was very symbiotic. The, yes. um, what was interesting was the, uh, it's basically they found a creature on Mars, and they brought it to the International Space Station to study it, because they're, like, not going to let it get near Earth until they can make sure it's, like, okay and the alien starts taking over and killing everyone on the spaceship. Yeah, um, it, it looked really cool. I wanted to check that movie out. It's, it's a, really, it's a really cool movie. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. But I didn't make my list, but it made my short list. Um, so anyway, uh, give me... I have two honorable mentions. What do you got? Uh, I have two honorable mentions as well. Um, to be, to, uh, just to add to what you're saying, I actually did kind of take more of a creature like scary alien approach with this but uh, a couple of my choices um aren't with that approach and it was just kind of uh that's just kind of the way things happened but uh yeah for the most part i think i'm on the same page as you uh my first honorable mention is uh critters so from the, <laughs> yeah. the critter franchise <laughs> so um this is kind of like if you haven't seen any of these movies I believe it came up, came after Gremlins, but I'm not sure because um, the movie seems extremely influenced by Gremlins. But it's basically a bunch of small furry. They kind of look like these fur balls with teeth, but it's like these a bunch of small furry uh, alien animals come to Earth and basically uh, wreak havoc from there. And uh, this one, <laughs> I don't know if I think the this one I chose from a design sense, and I don't know that I think that critters have like a really sophisticated uh creature design or anything but i think i just like the way they look i always did i think that uh the way they're designed kind of really has a really good balance of both 
scary and cute, and I think they did a really good job of balancing that, and that's just kind of uh, where it was. But it's just one of those things, as a kid, I think the look of uh, the critters really captured my imagination, so that ended up making one of my honorable mentions. So. Nice, nice. All right. Um, one of my honorable mentions is, now I said no Star Wars and Star Trek. Um <laughs> I did not pick one. I did not make an honorable mention on this, but there's okay. a third star franchise that I needed to bring up, and that's Stargate. Um, right. I, I'm a massive Stargate fan, and there's a lot of aliens and creatures there. Um, but, and I knew none of them would actually make my list, but when I was putting it together, I thought of one from that that I wanted to point out because I just think it's a cool idea. Okay. Um, and that's the Wraith from Stargate Atlantis. Um, the Wraith, the best way I can describe them is that they're almost like space vampires, um, where they drain, they drain the life force from whatever they're consuming. So like, it's almost like drinking the blood. It's almost like a space vampire is the best way of wording it. But they're, uh, like the, uh, thing that they basically suck your life force from is in the palm of their hand. So they literally just have to be able to make physical contact with you with their hand and they could literally just drain you. Um, but they have a couple different types of wraith, like different, like, um, like they have like I guess you could call them the queens, and then they have like your like troop, uh, like your leaders or whatever, and then you have like the more zombie kind. Like there's a bunch of different types to them. It's kind of cool. It's just the the way they were and the way they were created and designed. I always just liked them. I'm only putting them in an honorable mention because I don't think they fit the bill of what I was thinking about as a. Uh, as a list, so it's kind of a cheat for me to have it, but it's not at the same time because I didn't specify that franchise. Were, were so. they very like humanoid, or were they? Um, well, they start as, for the most part, they're humanoid. There is an episode where you see a insect-looking thing that it theorized. They the, in theory they think that's where the wraith began in terms of their evolution. Um, but there's no confirmation of that when you watch the show. But they're humanoid-esque and they can talk, but. Um, the, the idea of how they function and like, you know, what they do. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, th I think I'm going to look it up after this episode because yeah. it sounds really interesting. But yeah, so that's a, that's cool. They're called the Wraith. I just, I always thought they were cool. And, um, Stargate has Stargate SG-1, the original show has another alien life form that is a little more creature-esque and it's kind of like the main villain of the entire series. But because you spend so much time with it, by the time I got to the Wraith, I was like, wow, the Wraith are like a breath of fresh air, you know? So, oh, yeah, I hear you. Right. And, that's the, and so they just kind of stood out to me, and I think it was because it was like, ooh, this new villain, and they're awesome, and, you know, so. Um, yeah, all right, man, what do you got? Yeah, well, the Wraith do sound pretty interesting. So my next honorable mention, and this one... This is one of the ones I have that I feel like is kind of a cheat, but it's an honorable mention. And I chose uh, It or Pennywise um, from the... And I guess I would go with the newer uh, It franchise movies. And It is technically an alien. I mean, technically he's like a celestial deity or something like that. But it is an alien like force or being, you know. So that's kind of why he makes my list. And if you watch those movies, there's so many cool creature effects and just like weirdness with it but it does definitely still look very humid when you see his like typical like pennywise form so it's kind of a cheat but it's definitely one of my favorite characters that's uh i mean 
technically is more, you know, alien. So that's what I went with. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I totally understand it, but I also understand why you put it as an honorable mention as opposed to making the list. So. Yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of just like. A, and and I was not that. thinking about it when I did this, so. <laughs> right. Uh, it's just kind of hard to say that. Uh, what it actually is has like a specific design. Like you do get to see what it actually looks like, but it's not like a. It's something that's so subjective and like amorphous. It's you can't really define it. So it's kind of like I can't say like this is my favorite alien design because it kind of is so all-encompassing. It's hard sure. to even say you know one way or another. Sure. Um, okay. Uh, you ready for the actual? Oh, I have one more honorable mention. Haha. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. And so my last honorable mention is the prawn from District Nine. Oh yes. Okay. Um, this made my short list. I don't. Since you mentioned it, I don't know. I didn't make my final list, but yeah, I love this. I now love the, this the 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 creature design on these is amazing. Like such cool design, such cool CGI for these creatures. The only reason they didn't make the actual list is because I haven't lived with them long enough. And I love that movie. <laughs> District Nine is so amazing, but it's. It's a. I find District Nine to be a little bit hard to watch because of the subject matter of what it is, like the social commentary yes. of what it is, um, and it does get a little bit gory. But uh, District Nine, those aliens are gorgeous. Um, yep. They're really well designed and thought out and put together, and yeah. So I just I wanted to give a quick shout out to them. So. Yeah, uh, thinking about this more, like I kind of wish I included it, just because thinking about District Nine. Um, these aliens, they do creep me out, and it's like, because of what the movie's about, I feel bad saying that, but the reason they creep me out is they seem so real. Like, they seem yeah. like something that actually exists. And the idea of, like, a creature that big that is an alien like that, like, just walking in the streets, like, among people, like, that kind of just creeps me out. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's kind of, but I think they are an incredible design. And Super memorable, memorable, like really sticks with you, so that's a great choice. And let's remember this, too. District 9 is also a Best Picture nominee. Oh, right. I don't know, I don't know if you knew that. It was a Best Picture nominee. So, um, yay for them. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I might have known that at one point, but I think I forgot, so that's <laughs> right. really cool. All right, well, what is your first actual pick of the night? Yeah, so... This one is, I feel like, is, I feel like I have a lot that are cheats. <laughs> but uh, did you ever see the movie Dark Skies? Uh, yes, I did. So I picked the aliens from Dark Skies. Okay. And I picked these ones because the thing about these aliens is they don't necessarily differ too much from your traditional gray alien design. But, and you actually don't even get, like, a super clear look at them. Like, the movie reminds me a lot of Signs where... You don't get a clear look at the alien in a lot of cases, but the reason why I picked this one is this movie actually creeped me out, and I think they did a really good job of making an actual frightening extraterrestrial movie that wasn't just... Like, I've seen The Fourth Kind, and I think The Fourth Kind is really good at creeping you out in the sense of wondering if it's true and if it's real, but I think in a traditional horror sense, like, I think Dark Skies does such a good job of uh, bringing the scares, like, bringing the jump scares and kind of giving that more traditional horror movie feel, if that makes sense. Um, and I just think they just 
really pulled it off with this one for an uh, alien horror film. <laughs> so that's kind of why I went with that pick. Right on. I don't have a lot to say about it because I've only seen that movie once, and I don't really remember the creatures from it, unfortunately. Um, I don't. I just don't. I just don't have the visual. Like I just. I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, I remember those, but it's not like enough for me to go. Like yeah, they were. They clearly didn't make a short list for me. So. And the, and that's the thing is the movie really leaves the aliens like how they look to your imagination, and that's kind of why it's a cheat. <laughs> but uh, you can tell they do have the traditional like gray alien sort of look um that you've seen a million times but the movie does a really good job of like it it is really similar to signs and where it doesn't show like full shots of the alien and stuff so everything's left to your imagination and maybe that's why i thought it was actually pretty frightening too so um yeah, yeah. what do you have for your first pick mars attacks um great <laughs> the aliens uh the aliens from Mars attacks are, um, uh, they're, they're, so here's the thing. They're like, um, basically, um, standard aliens, um, but they're creepy, funny, uh, yeah, they're, they're creepy, funny aliens that it's like, if aliens were to land on earth, this is exactly what aliens, like you'd expect them to like show up and like, <laughs> we want to come in peace and all that stuff. And then they'd be like, yeah, well, we're here to destroy you. I'm like, <laughs> Um, and it's just a, I, the movie to me was always silly, but the creature design was such a classic alien creature design with the twist of, they're clearly here for global domination. (laughs) Um, and it always made me laugh. And I was just, when I was thinking about the aliens and thinking about, uh, when I was thinking about the creature design of them, and then I was also thinking about the, uh, the creature design and then throw in, uh, the way they talk, the weapons, the ships, their technology, the devices, the hierarchy of knowing like which aliens in charge versus the other little their little dome helmets, like really funny. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's all like super great points. Um, I also I think you did like it is true that they have such a good uh, character design because they are like. They are kind of, like, scary-looking, but it's still a design that you look at and you smile. Like, it makes you laugh just because it's so over-the-top. And uh, it's such a... um, It's so reminiscent of, like, you know, sci-fi movies from, like, the 50s and 60s. Like, these really old-school alien designs. And uh, a lot of people forget that Mars Attacks was directed by uh, Tim Burton. And, like, I... One of my favorite parts of Tim Burton is the when he brings in like classic cinema references and stuff like that, and that's that sort of thing's all over Mars Attacks, which I love. So this is definitely, like I said, this made my short list. Um, and yeah, definitely a good pick. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? It's your turn. Yeah. So uh, my next pick is Venom. Ooh. So we've, <laughs> we've talked about Venom. Now a ton, let me ask you this. Oh. Let me ask you this. Are we talking Venom or are we talking symbiotes? Like, like, how do you want me to, like, because we keep the spreadsheet of all our lists, how do you want me to write it out? I, w- I would go with Venom specifically, okay. like, he's my favorite symbiote. Okay, I'm going to put symbiote in parentheses then. Or I don't know if, like, there's a more accurate term, but, yeah, I would, I'd say Ven- Venom, yep. the black suit symbiote, or however is the best way to phrase it, but, uh, 
I just think, well, first of all, like relating to symbiotes, I think the concept of a symbiote is just so cool. Um, like I said, Venom is probably my favorite one, just from uh, all the examples I've seen. I think there's just something really simplistic but very badass um, about his design. And, um, yeah, it's, like I said, we've talked about the character Venom plenty of times on this podcast, so it's kind of hard to know where to go, but I just had to include him on my list, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, Venom's, <laughs> Venom's awesome. Um, I, what I like about the symbiote, one of the things I really dig about the symbiote is the, uh, idea that, um, they, how creepy the symbiote is when it's, um, how creepy the symbiote is when it's, uh, transferring from person to person or when it's taking over a person or when you see it like not on somebody and then it kind of, you know, goes from there. So, um, yeah, um, that's what I got for you. I just, I just, it's really kind of cool, especially when you see, like, there's some really cool renditions where you get to see, um, you get to see, uh, how do I want to word it? Um, when, when you get to see, like, Mary Jane and she's being taken over by the, the Venom symbiote, but she's trying to pull it off her at the same time. Like, I really like yeah. artist renditions where you get to see that kind of thing, so. Yeah. And I love, um, another thing about Venom that I don't think we've really talked too much about, but I do love that, uh, just the story of like a symbiote taking over somebody there is like a philosophical question in there of like if this were to happen to you would you try to reject the symbiote or would you embrace it because of all the positives that come with it but there's also all the negatives of it where you're going to become more malicious um depending on the story like cannibalism is involved and stuff like that so it's just kind of a i love that like question of morality that's tied to uh symbiotes that's super interesting as well besides just like the functions of the alien suit in general so right right um all right so my next one is close encounters of the third kind nice um this is a very classic alien um very classic alien very classic design um but it's it's also a classic one where I love the movie at the same time. So I don't know I don't have a lot to say on it because it's one of those you gotta watch the movie sort of thing. But um, yeah, uh, do you have anything you want to add to it? But yeah, I mean we've talked about this movie before. Um, this is another one that the way it's shot, it actually even though you do get like a clear look at the creatures, it still leaves a lot to your imagination, and that's just because of the the way the lighting is and everything it's uh i think the movies we've talked about like the movie's really good at making you imagine the creatures and the ships more than just showing it to you um which i really love so um and it's an awesome movie and an awesome story in general so yeah yeah yeah. um all right man your call what do you got next okay yeah so uh i went with uh doomsday uh, Doomsday. Wow, you're kind of stuck on the comic books, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, Doomsday is, uh, well, first of all, like, his look, I just think is, like, great. And I love that, uh, depending on the artist rendering Doomsday, he, there's some, like, variances in, the, in his design where sometimes he kind of just looks like this really muscly, like, dude with just a rock beard and rocks coming out of him. But then sometimes he just looks very monstrous and uh, otherworldly. And I like that uh, variety. And if you 
I mean, the best example that's recent is um, even if you just go with like the monstrous style Doomsday, you can look at Batman v Superman and how he looked in that movie compared to how he looks in uh, Krypton, and it's both like monstrous versions of the character, and they look very different. But in my opinion, both styles are like really, really badass looking. Um, and besides that, I think I was just always, um, ever since reading, I think it's Superman Hunter Prey. I think that's the the series that goes into Doomsday's okay. backstory. But ever since reading that series, I always was like so entranced by the backstory of Doomsday and how he's the pro he's the product of like dozens and dozens of clones that uh kept dying in this alien landscape and kind of became stronger and stronger and became this creature that's literally built to evolve like on the drop of a hat and like survive anything and i always thought his backstory was really interesting and uh since he was born out of experimentation he's a little different than probably a lot of the other aliens we pick but he definitely is an alien that invaded the Earth and really messed some stuff up when he got here. And uh, Yeah, I mean, I love Doomsday. I don't think that would come to a surprise to anybody. <laughs> so, yeah, no, and I, I, when you talked to me a little bit before the show, I should have seen this one coming. <laughs> right on. Um, but yeah, no, Doomsday is an awesome pick for this, just because, and the, and the creature aspect. And, like, when you learn how what he was original in terms of creation to what he became you know what i mean yeah like because you when you see how they like formed him into what he was in the comic book not in the movie but in the way the comic book character was created so yeah yes um all right so it's my pick mm -hmm. uh starship troopers um oh, cool. the the bugs from Quindaku. um i don't remember what they're called um and i tried looking on the back of the box i really i also didn't um I really, uh, I didn't want, I didn't have time to watch the movie to find out if there was a name for the bugs, and I just figured, I'm like, well, they're the bugs from Quindaku, and if you know Starship Troopers, you know what I'm talking about, because all they do is fight the big bugs. <laughs> um, I'm surprised you remember, uh, Quindaku. <laughs> oh, right. I think everybody just refers to them as the bugs sort of thing. Yeah, the, uh, I just, I always thought they were a great, um, I thought they were a great, I like the hive mind mentality. That's one of the things I like about aliens that scare me is when you have a ton of them that you can't escape and they're all over the place. Um, yeah. You had like the soldier ones that were just like constant, like constantly fighting and everything. And then, um, and then you throw into uh, the big crazy, like the brain one at the end of the movie. And you know, they just had some really cool things that they did. And then when you jump into like starship troopers two and you see that the bugs gotten a little smaller and they're like trying to infest the humans from the inside, like they've evolved and they're trying new tactics. That's really cool. Um, um yeah. the third one goes back to like the standard bug look, but, um, I, I honestly didn't know the third one is horrible. The third one is horrible by the way. So, okay. I didn't even know there was a second one to be honest. Oh, Okay, well, you should... The, se the second one's really boring for a little bit, and then what happens is this is a twist, and you're going to go, oh, my God, and then the movie, like, starts getting really cool. That's awesome. I, um... Man, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. It's one of those things that, like, I rented with some friends at, like, a sleepover in middle school or something, but, uh... You're making me want to watch it again, but it, it is so true that, like, the bugs are so cool in this movie, and it's kind of, uh... I like that this movie kind of 
kind of has this this like sort of like space marine versus giant bug thing that I feel like we've seen in a million video games and like we've seen a lot in movies and it just has this like it's kind of an iconic thing that I love so I definitely think it's a good pick it's one of those things that you're just making me want to go back and rewatch the movie um yeah uh, also fun fact uh Starship Troopers is an almost a remake of the movie um uh, Triumph of the Will, which is a uh, <laughs> which is a movie that they made about uh, that Hitler had made about the Nazis. <laughs> um, oh wow! Yeah, it's it's almost a recreation. And who were, and what were they fighting? Uh, it was it wasn't it wasn't that they were fighting. It was a movie that was created to kind of justify the 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 need for the Third Reich. Um, so Hitler made it wow. to glorify the existence of the Nazis, and then if you watch that, if you see that movie and then watch Starship Troopers, you're gonna go, "Oh my God, it's literally a recreation of that movie." Why? So. Why did they do that? <laughs> like, why? Why? Why is it almost a recreation of that movie? Um, I I don't know, and it might have been, <laughs> "Hey, we're gonna." I have a feel. I have a feeling someone was like, "Hey, what if we made this sci-fi?" <laughs> so okay. I have no clue. That's um, really wild. I had never heard that before. This is, um, I'm learning, like, new things about Starship Troopers right now, but, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't even know what to think about that, but I guess, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, it's your pick. Okay, so, I'm gonna go with my favorite one next, but because I'm saving another one that I think we're going to match on. But uh, I went with Superman, so it's a perfect follow-up to Doomsday. Um, I have Superman's a feeling you and I matched on the last one. That's what I was thinking. Uh, Superman's my favorite comic book character. He obviously looks human, so design-wise, it's kind of hard to talk about him like as an alien, although I think the, I think the Snyder uh, DC movies kind of did nail... Uh, did a good job of making a Superman suit that looks alien, but as far as like his physical appearance is definitely very humanoid, but he's an alien. He's my favorite superhero, so he had to make my list. The other thing is like if you think of the nightmare sequence, like Bruce Wayne's nightmare sequence and Batman v Superman, if Superman ever went evil, it would be the scariest thing ever. Um, there's parts of the comics where th- this happens too, like especially the... Uh, Injustice comics, and then you can also look at uh, Brightburn as like another example. Like Brightburn is a recent horror movie made literally about like a if Superman was evil, and it was a you know newer successful horror flick. So obviously he can strike fear if he has to. So that's I guess I could leave it at that. I don't know if you have too much to say. Um, you you already knew this was on my list, Drew, because I just wanted to make sure he counted. But yeah. Yeah, so Superman's a great pick for this just because it's alien. Um, it wasn't something I was expecting for uh, you to pick because of the uh, the idea of I was expecting more creatures, but it makes complete sense as to why you picked it. So Yeah, and, and I did have those honorable mentions, so I did have some backups if I had to. <laughs> so. um, yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what do you got next? Oh, it's my pick. All right, so my next yeah. one is uh, the creatures, the aliens from the movie Pitch Black. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, this uh, I, this definitely made my short list as well. So. Um, these creatures again, it's like that hive mentality that I really like. But these are um, 
Pitch Black is, it's basically the spaceship lands on this planet, and they're trying to get off, they need to fix the ship, and then the sun goes down, and, well, they find out that the way the moon, the planets aligned with the suns and the moon or whatever, they're about to get, like, this crazy eclipse, and the, um, they're about to get this crazy eclipse, and there's no telling how long it's going to last, and when the sun actually goes down and it goes into eclipse form and everything goes dark, these aliens just come out like they're clearly nocturnal and they're like, sweet, it's dark, we can go outside now. And they're like super deadly and they fly and they're like, they're awesome. Um, and it's just really cool, like, we got to get off this planet and survive with these deadly aliens that are trying to eat us. So, I think they yeah. have a really unique um, design as well. Like, you just say pitch black and I can just picture exactly what those aliens look like in my mind. And I haven't seen this movie for years, so I think that's. It kind of stands to, it kind of goes to show how well they are designed and how unique of like a silhouette and stuff that they have that I can just picture it. But um, yeah, this this movie uh, is super fun. Um, I I kind of feel like a lot of people aren't aware of Pitch Black because they forget that this is like the original Riddick movie. <laughs> I feel like I feel like a lot of people know about the Chronicles of Riddick, but they don't realize he came from uh, this movie and stuff like that. So. Yeah, um, and I think people forget that that's part of that series, and that's the other thing, so. Yeah. Um, all right, man, um, I have a feeling that we had picked the same one, so why don't you uh, <laughs> tell me what your final pick for the night is? Yeah, I went with the, the Xenomorphs from uh, the Alien franchise. Uh, yep, that's, that's exactly <laughs> what, and you know, it's funny, because when I thought of the list, I was in a conversation with someone about the alien franchise and i was like yep that's um that's this is exactly uh i we need to discuss creatures because i love this creature this is probably my all-time favorite alien period of all film television doesn't matter where it comes this is one of literally my favorite alien creature period um yeah favorite alien creature from design um uh from art design from uh practical effects um, like everything on these creatures, you go back to the original three movies, they're all practical effects. Um, yep. and when you find out what they did to make the, what they, when you find out what they did to make the aliens slimy, um, like what that is, it's like the, it's whatever the, whatever the material that they use to keep milkshakes together, <laughs> um, uh, that's poured over the aliens just to make them look more slimy than they already are. Um, the idea of that inner mouth and everything uh, the design of the alien in terms of how they evolved. Um, yeah. Yes, you get movies like Prometheus and Alien Covenant, which shed some more light, but I'm specifically talking about the fact that the queen lays an egg, and then the egg gives birth to like that spider-looking facehugger thing, and then that attaches to a host, and it lays an egg deep inside the host, and then that host basically lets the egg grow inside of him and then the egg bursts out and that's when you get your chest burster which grows into your like drone alien I guess you could say um, yeah. um, the hive mentality of these are cool how dangerous they are it's it's incredible it's amazing so yeah yeah I mean you've, you've touched so many bases right now um, sorry I <laughs> I no, this no, is no. this is one of my favorite franchises of all time is the alien franchise so yeah, no, I mean, no, it's a good thing. I'm just kind of saying, like, you've, you've said so much, but uh, one thing, like, you did mention is, like, the practical effects, and the thing about this franchise is, like, the first Aliens, I want to say, the first Alien Alien movie came out, like, I don't remember 
year, but I know it was late 70s. Like, I want to say, like, 79-ish or something like that. But if you go back to it, like, the effects still look good. Like, they look believable. And it's just, it's crazy how well that uh, this creature, like how well they did the creature effects in those movies and uh also just like like you said the the design is so iconic and so memorable and uh you know they had like hr geiger doing the uh concept art for this movie and it's just like he designed such a creepy like unique creature and then they brought that to life and it was just like such a i don't know they did such a good job like making something super memorable and i it's kind of like, I mean, I obviously wasn't in theaters to see that first movie, but I feel like I wonder what it would be like to see the original Alien when it came out, and, like, would people realize, like, how well this movie would be remembered and, like, the sort of legacy it would leave behind and stuff. But uh, this is, uh, I'm not the one to say this, but I was watching a documentary or a making of or something about one of these movies, and somebody said the de- they said something about how the design for the Xenomorphs is a great monster design, and it's still one of the best. Best, Like, compared to all monsters in all of cinema, it's still one of the best monsters. And I absolutely agree with that. Like, this is one of the best monster designs ever. So, yeah. awesome. Yeah, abso- <laughs> absolutely. Probably, probably the best monster design ever. Um, so, yeah. All right, man. Um... I don't know what else to say about it other than this is an amazing franchise and everyone needs to go watch it because it's absolutely astounding. Um, I, I will say, like, I'm still enjoying, um, like, Prometheus and Alien Covenant. I know those movies are pretty divisive, but I'm still enjoying them, and I'm curious, you know, where Ridley Scott is going to go next with, uh, you know, kind of like his alien origin story. Or he said he, had, he, said he had one more, um, yeah. so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, all right, man. Um, your pick next week. So what do you want to do? Yes. So okay. So we're in August now, and uh, I was actually thinking about what I wanted to do for a list, and I realized Chicago Comic Con would normally be like a few weeks away, but it's not, obviously, and that's really sad. But yeah. I and I was thinking about how San Diego just happened, and like. I kind of wanted to do something convention-related, and uh, I think it'd be kind of fun to just do, like, our top five favorite convention moments, just from, like, conventions we've, attend- we've attended. And, uh, wow, okay. Drew, I, know, I, I feel like you've mentioned this list before, so I might be uh, <laughs> stealing it a little bit, but I just think that'd be a, a really fun thing to no, do. No, we've done... We did, you and I did press for one of the C2E2s, and we did favorite con, we did five con moments. Oh, oh no, 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 I, I, I meant, like, off-air, like, I feel oh. like oh. this idea. Oh, okay. So I'm saying I might be kind of stealing it, but I just think it would be, like, a fun thing to do, just, and it could be, like, I met this one celebrity at a convention, or it could just be, like, one of those, like, personal, like, funny moments, or it could be, like... I found this collectible I've been searching years for sort of thing. So there's, like, so much we could talk about, but I think it'd be a fun list to do, and it's kind of, like, a, kind of a good way to relive some of those convention moments, even though we don't have any new ones right now, sadly. Yeah, so. sadly. But, now that's actually a pretty decent list, just because this is normally con season. Speaking of con season, real quick before we close this out, DC Fandom is a, August 22nd, so that's coming up pretty quick. Um, All right. We might want to consider doing like a special show or something 
to our listeners listening, there is no guarantee that could happen. We might do something because um, that's going to be it's 24 hours of DC news, and it's going to be free. So it's not like you have to pay for because some of those cons you have to pay for and stuff like some of these online virtual cons you have to pay for. Yeah. This one's going to be free. It's going to be for everyone. So um, there's going to be so there's going to be a lot of stuff coming from that, and I'm just really looking forward to like just DC news. What do we got? So we might want to discuss and do something special for that, Peter, if you're up for it. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to what Ryan Reynolds has to say about it. Yeah, if he's going to be in the Snyder Cut. Um, all right, well, that kind of brings us to the end of the night. You want to close this sucker out and toss another episode yeah. in the can? Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> all right, man. Um, well, if you guys will do us a favor, um, uh, check us out on our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Uh, you can interact with the show with our email. Hit us up on our social media. That works, too. Um, we are on Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Um, you can subscribe to us at all those, all those places, and if you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review, which we love, uh, those five stars, but we understand criticism because it makes us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre, and that's where I will be selling sunglasses that will let you know who among us is a regular person and who is a noob. <laughs> um, all right, man. Well, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody.